0: New York. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome to another edition of the 914 Sports Podcast. My name is Frankie Firmonti, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Tony Cohen. Hello, everybody. And Joe Diegas.
1: What's up, everybody?
2: Uh, guys, Tony Voza is not with us of- this week. It's the bottom of the ninth inning. One and two count on James McCann. First baseman, James McCann. Oh, no. So the suspense is real high right now. So I apologize for interrupting you at all. And Joe, keep your mouth shut because you're probably way ahead of me.
1: Yeah, I am way ahead of you, so I won't say anything.
2: All right. Game's over. (laughs)
0: So oh, anyway, you were saying, so, Frank, our fallen comrade, Tony Voza. Uh, so Tony Voza had a rough weekend at our, our dear Joe, G- Joe Diego's bachelor party. He's still hungover, so he couldn't make it because he Tony Voza apparently can't hold his liquor because he's not here this tonight, <laughs> as opposed to everybody else who was on bachelor parties this weekend. Um, yeah. So he'll be back next week. With well, that- as I
1: said, I, I'm on the IL still. Um, it was retroactive to yesterday. Um, <laughs> got a got a pulled hamstring from a mechanical bull incident, <laughs> so uh, going to, going to be reevaluated in the next two weeks to see how I'm doing. And that's uh, what-
0: that's talking rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got a, a fun, probably quick one this week because I don't think any of us truly paid attention to sports since we were all at, uh, between Joe's bachelor party and my friend Chris's bachelor party, we were all at bachelor parties this weekend. Um, and-, and, it's, and it's already 10 o'clock. <laughs> and it's already 10 o'clock, so we all want to get our old man naps in, or our old man sleeps in, so uh, have fun with this 45-minute fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Joe, let's kick it off with a little bit of soccer news because the English Premier League season wrapped up.
1: Yeah. And boy, was it a interesting way to, to end the season. So in the Premier League, I think they're one of the few leagues that does it. I think the other top five leagues, they kind of switch it around a little bit. But in the Premier League, the last game of the season is all played at the same time. I love it for the reason that you'll have other games where you kind of made a, you need to wait and see how other teams are doing to see how you're going to play your players. So for instance, the NBA, when the Hawks knew that they couldn't have clinched the four C cause the next one, they were able to like rest all their players. This is not the plan at all, unless you've already clinched a spot, whether you won the title or whether you're in the top four. So there was a lot that was going on in the Chelsea game, in the uh, Liverpool game and the Leicester game. So going into this week, you had Leicester at, I um, know oh Chelsea was in third, Leicester was in fourth, Liverpool was in fifth. Ended up shaking out that Liverpool came in third, Chelsea came in fourth, and Leicester came in fifth. You had Chelsea who ended up losing to Aston Villa two to one. You had Leicester losing to Tottenham four to two, and then Liverpool ended up winning two to nothing. Um, this Chelsea game was so hard to see for two reasons. One. Um, had shitty ass internet connection, just trying to watch a peacock from my phone. So the amount of times that everything kept, um, (laughs) it was terrible. I was like refreshing, refreshing, refreshing was not a happy camper. Um, it was not a good game by Chelsea. I mean, you had Mendy who I'm worried about who came out after the first half hurt, um, after being down one, nothing, um, of course our former Chelsea player, Charles Ray, on Aston Villa scores on us that go up one, nothing at halftime. But at that point we were still okay. In the top four, we put in Keppa within six minutes of Keppa getting on. We draw a penalty. They they draw a penalty against us. So now we're down two nothing. So now we're like, okay, we need to win this game because at that point, Lester was winning. So it was constant back and forth. And that's the one thing I looked that they did is no matter where you were or what game you were watching, they constantly gave you live updates of what was happening. So, I didn't need to watch the Leicester game to know that Schmeichel gave up an own goal and that Gareth Bale just ripped them apart with two goals to end the game. Um, didn't like how Aspilicueta got the, the red card. So granted it doesn't impact us until next year. First game of the season they'll carry over. Um, but Chelsea won, not because of them. We won because of Gareth Bale. So Gareth Bale, um, I hope you do well when you go back to Real Madrid, because Tottenham, it was a loan spell. They're going to take you back after, but, uh, it's crazy to see how things had shaken out. I mean, you had Liverpool two months ago that were in eighth place and end up coming in third. Um, West Ham kind of got the shit out of the stick. They played well, though. West Ham won three-nothing against Southampton. So um, Who
0: was it, Fornells? I think he scored like two goals yeah. in like four minutes, Frankie. Pablo Fornells, uh, he scored in the 30th minute and the 33rd minute. So just right bang, bang. Um and then Declan Rice capped it off in, like, the 86th, I believe. Um, yeah,
1: that was 86.
0: The one thing to be nervous about, I know it's the end of the season and there's not, nothing going on really, but uh, uh, Mikel Antonio came out. He got uh, – Ben Rama came in for uh, Antonio, like, I think right at the beginning, either at the end of the first or right at the beginning, it, it, like real close to halftime. Um, Antonio came out on uh, with an injury. So hopefully it's nothing too serious because he once he's when he's 100%, he's tremendous. I, I, I really like him a lot as a player when he's 100% healthy, but you could tell the games where he's playing not at 100% or obviously the games where he's not playing, um, he's a different, completely different player. Like 100% Antonio is a goal scorer and a, a difference maker. So hopefully by the, the time we actually see the field again he'll be healthy because uh yeah I guess I'm in for the long haul because damn right we came in sixth place so we're we're in the Europa Cup motherfucker let's go
1: so you're in Europa I I have to see like with the new Champions League we might be in Champions yeah that's the one thing I haven't seen Um, they haven't updated anything about that they, they haven't updated anything yet but you're definitely confirmed with Europa um and it was crazy because Tottenham had no chance. The only way that Tottenham had a chance is if you lost outright because they would have had mm-hmm. you on goal differential. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you had a, a, a solid matchup. I think other games to note around the league. Uh, definitely the fumbled. Game.
0: We definitely fumbled it towards the – like the, this last, like I'd say, five or six games. We definitely had a chance to compete for those top four spots and definitely fumbled and Everyone it. But, did. Like everyone yeah. had – like one or
1: two games where you look back and it's like, what were we doing? What were we thinking? Like, those are points that we just left
0: off. It was everybody except Liverpool. Liverpool took it and ran with it while everybody kind of just was like, oh, whatever. But I, I am very happy with the at least the last two games. They, they played really well the last two games to finish the season strong and clinch at least European uh, cup spots.
1: And it's and it's with the, like your stronger team. Let's be honest; you had injuries that were like hurting you, and yeah. timing didn't help at the end of the season when you're trying to make those strides. But definitely was a very successful season for you. I think the other thing I would say about the games that were happening: this game meant nothing in the Man City game, but you had Aguero, who last game um, for City ends up coming in as a sub and scores two goals, um, and then he's going to be heading over to Barcelona after um but yeah the only other big soccer that's coming up now and this was something that i was so i mean i mean i'm still worried about this is you have chelsea who's going to play man city on may 29th for the champions league and if we had to worry about getting into the champions league by winning that game i would have i, I would have been stressed that so so much leading up into that game like i did not like it, it sucks that we had to get in based on us losing and another team helping us out i mean even thomas ducal said it was like look like we're in the top four, like at the end of the day, like that's all that matters right now. But the way that we did it was not promising. And I'm just worried now with our injuries, Conte should be, should be fit for the match, but I don't know how serious the Mendy injury is because he dove into the pole um, when he tried making the save. So we'll see there, but look, I, I enjoyed it. And, and I know Frankie, you're, you were probably just like looking through all the games, but I like how the premier league like sets it up where, last game of the season, everyone's playing at the same exact time, like results will come in, like as you see them.
0: Yeah. I, I am pretty upset that like, this would have been the first year, obviously it's the, my first year of following uh, the EPL. And like the last weekend, I, I probably would have enjoyed watching the West Ham game live, but obviously I had to drive instead. So that, that kind of sucks that I didn't get to experience the, the, that that day, because you definitely sold it as like, Oh, it's really fun before this. And now even talking about like how you get all the updates as it's going on and especially competing for a spot, like our game mattered. Like we needed that win. Cause if not, I think if we didn't win our game, we would have ended, we would have finished in seventh or we would have finished. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if we, if we drew, we would have finished in seventh. So it wasn't. No, a no, game I, think it was, I
1: think it was just a loss. I think it was just a loss. Oh, so maybe it was just with, a loss because <laughs> you ended up with 65 and Tottenham ended up with 62. That's right. So that was why.
0: Yes. When I was watching last week, they said uh, West Ham needs at least four points. So they they got their six in the last two games. I'm I'm happy about that. But yeah, I would have loved to watch it because it might have actually got me to be a soccer fan and not a West Ham fan because I'm so West Ham fan. Suck it, Joe.
1: The other thing with soccer that was uh, a big talking point is in Syria where Juventus was in the fifth spot um, and there was uncertainty if they were going to get into Champions League. They ended up winning four to one and they needed help with one of the other teams, either tying or, or losing. Um, Napoli ended up losing uh, to Verona. They were up, I think won nothing, and then they gave up a goal in and and like 10 minutes after. So Napoli, I think, went from, like, being in the third spot and dropped to the fifth because of that. So everyone thought Juventus was not going to make it into Champions League, but they solidified it. Um, PSG actually didn't clinch the title in in their league. Um, so that was interesting. That was, like, the first time in the last, like, 13 years, I think they haven't won it three times. Um, it was because, like, Monaco, Lille, um, and Martial, or, or, you know, like, Armando Montep- Piedra, uh, Montpellier, I think it is. So that was interesting to see. I mean, granted, they got into Champions League, but the fact that they didn't win that title and they're known to winning it. And then you had Atletico Madrid, who clinched La Liga when in the last 10 years, it's been either Real Madrid or Barcelona. So interesting stuff all across now, Frankie. It's kind of fingers crossed to see if you're going to get into Champions League this way. But the fact that you're in Europa League, like that's still something to be proud of getting in.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely happy about it, but you know we're going to have a big old update if they say, oh, by the way, West Ham's in Champions League. You know we're going to yell about it. I'm going to be a fucking just a nuisance about it. <laughs> so I'm no, excited I, for that. That'll be fun.
1: I know that. Um, but no, that that was everything I had. I think the other thing that, that came out today, was it? I think it was today, is that they announced who's on the, the CONCACAF Nation League's uh, roster for USA so pretty happy to see the the players that they have there um, listed so uh, I'm assuming Zach Steffen is going to be the main one in goal but the defenders, midfielders and forwards that they had uh, very happy um, of who they chose so now it's just seeing can they get some consistency and, and, and start winning games as a United uh, roster Awesome but yeah, um, that's everything with soccer with me for, for that. It was a short week. I'm going to be saying my prayers. So hopefully we might like come talking next week, um, we won the Champions League. If not, I'm probably going to be ripping apart the team of what all overhaul we need to do.
0: Yeah, and and like Joe said, that's the 29th. So that's this Saturday. And uh, we'll definitely be talking about it next week uh, on on the podcast. Next week, with that, Joe, let's keep it going. Uh, with NBA.
1: Yeah. We are in
0: full swing.
1: We've had a lot of games that happened with the NBA. So kind of catching up of what happened high level um, on the East, you had the Celtics who ended up getting the, uh, what was it? They got the seventh seed. Yep. Celtics ended up getting the seventh seed and then Pacers ended up winning. So they played the wizards. And they played the wizards on the Thursday wizards blew them out. So you had the Celtics as a seven wizards as the eight. And then on the West, the Western conference, you had the Lakers beat the Warriors. So Lakers got the seven seed Grizzlies beat the Spurs. So Grizzlies then played the Warriors and the Grizzlies ended up beating the Warriors. So um, a little bit different than what everyone else was anticipating. I think we all thought um, the Warriors would have gotten in there, Um, but good for the Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies, and we'll get into it, have just been continuing with their winning ways of taking their first game against the Jazz. Um, but I don't know how much of these games you guys watched, but they were either like extreme blowouts or they were like competitive. I think actually now thinking about it, the Eastern games were mainly blowouts and the Western Conference games were pretty close down to the wire. I mean, the the, um, the Warriors, in my opinion, blew that game against the Lakers. Like, you were up by a decent amount. Like, you need to hold that lead because you know the Lakers are going to come back. And I think the irony of what happened there is the the shot that LeBron hit in front of Steph Curry was basically an exact replica of when Irving did it on the Cavs against Steph Curry. Not like the same aspect because there was more time on the clock in, the, in that Cavs game. But in the same vicinity of where they hit the shot, like you're giving that guy that much space. I think, granted, you don't do that to Irving, but you can do that to LeBron because LeBron is also just coming back from injury. Like if he hits that, like you, you, you're fine with losing on that. But what a way for the Warriors to be like momentum going. And then that literally hurt them in the Grizzlies game when they played them uh, two days after.
2: Yeah, and I think in general, the reason why the Western Conference games were just better is because I think those teams were just better. Like, nobody thought the Lakers were even going to be that low. The Warriors are still a good team, despite um, I think being that low. Like, pretty much all of those teams like could have conceivably been higher seeds had things just gone a certain way during the season, as opposed to, I feel like, an Eastern Conference, like outside of the Celtics underperforming this season. Those were all teams that you kind of anticipated were going to be bottom feeders this year. So I think they just, I think we got what we expected. I, I'm a little surprised the Pacers just
1: blew out the Hornets because I didn't think they were that good either. But might have see, been I, wasn't like I wasn't that surprised. I wasn't that surprised. I mean, it was interesting because of like what they did this in the middle of the season. I think it was definitely an upgrade of getting Karis Lavert over yeah. Oladipo just because okay. granted they were both injured, but Lavert has shown... More upside recently, and a little deeper. Look at him; he ended up getting hurt, so he's not even playing on the Heat right now. Yeah. Um, well, he, not, he was playing on the Rockets, then going to the Heat. But yeah, it, it's. I think the Pacers have the players; they just didn't have the continuity this year because everyone was just out at different times. Um, but the Wizards have just been like one of the hottest teams after the All Star break, though. Yeah, like you have on fire. Russell Westbrook has was averaging a triple double again because of that though you have Bradley Beal who's having one of the best seasons of his career and you have the other role players on that team. So, um, the wizards literally have been playing hot at the right time where the Pacers were kind of trying to get it together. Yeah, that's fair.
0: And also Charlotte's not, I think Charlotte is a very different team when they play without Gordon Hayward, who's still, who was still out with the, I think a foot thing. Yeah. It's been a foot thing for like almost two months now. Um, where I, I think if they were full uh, like a fully manned team, they're at least more competitive in that game, but they got shellacked.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're a team to watch out for next year. Um, also, look at that...
0: fucking – look at Tony Cohen talking basketball. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Oh, Every once in a while.
1: But, you know, so, that basically solidified who the seven and eight seeds were. Um, so you had our first round or the first games of the first round happening this weekend. So on Saturday, just to run through the games and the box score, you had the Heat that lost to the Bucks in overtime, one hundred nine to one hundred seven. You had the Mavericks who beat the Clippers, one thirteen to one hundred three. You had the Nets who beat the Celtics, one hundred four to ninety three. And you had the Trailblazers that beat the Nuggets, one twenty three to one hundred nine. Um, the Heat Bucks game. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't watch that game. I was um, at Secret, so there really wasn't anywhere to watch it nor was I thinking of watching it. Yeah. Um, but but looking at the highlights, I mean, even seeing Chris Middleton, who who drilled the game winner at the end, um, definitely a night and day difference with this Heat-Bucks game now, because the Bucks have literally just been blowing them out the whole game. I think they were up by like 20-something after the first. They're up 30 right now um, with four minutes left in the fourth. So... Um, the Bucks ain't playing around here. Um, I would think the Heat would would have done a little bit more bouncing back on Game Two, but who knows? They'll probably steal. They'll probably take a game or so over these next like three, four games if
0: they get that far. Yeah, but, yeah, That's, ahead, Frank. that that sucks with that series because after seeing that box score, like when that game ended, and like when when I was out, I I caught the end of that game and was watching that game at the where we went to eat and I was like oh shit this might be like the series that I try to watch besides like the Knicks series because this seems like it's going to be fun so hearing that they're just getting fucking that that the Bucks are just massacring them in game two kind of upsets me because now I feel like there's not really a series that I truly want to watch outside of the Knicks at least until the next round
1: I agree but I think Butler the type of player he is like he's going to put a he's gonna spark a fire under these guys asses and if they're able to get two more games then you're just shorting the series And it's like okay now instead of it being a best of seven it's a best of three so now we got to get these next two games so i'm not as worried um i think it will still go at least six games this series if i'm being honest
0: one more thing uh the those yellow jerseys that the heat wore in the first game are terrible i hate them (laughs) Yeah, bring back, like, bring back the baby blues and the pinks and all that stuff. The Miami Vice. Yeah, stop trying to look like the Lakers.
1: Oh, uh, I thought they were trying to look like the um, what was the football game when they did when it was like catch a first mustard? Was it the Rams
0: that were wearing <laughs> that yellow? That's what it, it like, was, reminded me of. Yes, it was like Ram. I think it was like Rams Bucks or something, and it was the just god awful, the worst colors.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cohen, any thoughts on that game? Or I'll, I'll go down the list of these games that happen in chronological order.
2: Which one were you just saying? I was not listening.
1: Bucks. Heat. All right. So, so oh, yeah. Bucks, Bucks, seat Bucks seat I game. tuned
2: out. Yeah. Bucks, heat I turned, tuned out on because we were at secret. So I, I know nothing about Bucks. <laughs> <seat>.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mavericks, Clippers don't have much on this game. I think the two things I want to talk about is Luka Don- Donich, um, triple double. I think he was the second youngest in playoff history because this was his first playoff game too, if I'm not mistaken, but to average a trip to get a triple double in this game is just like, this guy is fucking fantastic. And then they gave so much hype for that. Kawh- I know Kawhi Leonard had that poster on Maxi Klaver at the game. And they were like, Oh, like look at them like in their face. Cause you had like Paul George and Morris, like basically like stunted on them and like, just trying to like sh- show like they had big dick energy. Um, but if you watch it in, in, if you take it out of slow-mo and you took it in, like, real-time, Kawhi Leonard just, like, looked over there for half a second and kept moving on, and they made it seem like, oh, look at Kawhi Leonard, like, staring down Claybro. I was like, yeah, he fucking threw a poster down on him, but he was ready to go back and play defense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have much on this
0: game. Yeah, no, that game started uh, while I was still at the, the place I was eating and then finished and... I saw the box score the next day, so I did see that.
1: (laughs) Well, then the next game after that, we had the Nets Celtics. This was just like a weird like start to the game. I know the 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 Nets really came off like slow. They only had sixteen points in the first quarter. Uh, They were still down it at halftime by a few buckets. Um, but then they turned it around in the second half. I think the third quarter, they blew him out. What was it? Yeah, 31 to 20. Um, I mean, the hard part with the Celtics is that, like, you see how shorthanded they are without having Jalen Brown. Like, that injury has definitely hurt them where they need that extra shooter. I mean, Fournier is the guy that they paid money for but isn't getting them to where they need him to be for this series.
0: And Nets are fully staffed, right? Like, everybody's back? Yeah, everyone was
1: back for this game.
0: Uh, I would be interested. I I know, like, I would be interested to see, like, how the numbers look with all three guys on the court, with, like, the the Nets' big three on the court, just because, what is this, like, the fucking eighth game all season that they played as a full team? (laughs) Yeah, well their plus minus
1: wasn't really impressive. It was really only Kyrie. So Durant was plus eight on the floor. Harden was plus two and Irving was plus 16. Their best player technically was Joe Harris.
0: Shouts out Joe Harris. A staple Um, in my lineup. Staple in my fantasy lineup this year.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Marcus Smart, I was like impressed with. I mean, he dropped 17, uh, five assists. So he... You just never know what you're going to get out of Marcus Smart. But the only way that they are going to win the Celtics is they need to outscore the Nets. And no one is going to really outscore them if you have all three of them. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, altogether they had 32 for Durant, 29 for Irving, and 21 for Harden. So you're looking at 50, 82 of the 104.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're going to hope, like, two of those guys get ice cold because you it's never going to happen where – all three of them get cold at the same time. It's, it's almost impossible. So you need to outscore them and hope that two guys are cold. Like two guys have a couple of bad games and maybe you could steal a game and then there's a, you could compete. You could have a series with them. I was
1: worried with the nets. Um, I don't know if you saw that uh, Katie landing awkwardly on the floor and like, I think it was the second quarter.
0: Oh no, I didn't see it. Oh he yeah. Was... He fe- he felt
2: like a little like golf. That was hysterical. (laughs) Like honestly, like
1: I was like, he may have like dislocated his shoulder with how he landed on his shoulder. Oh, yes, that was bad. But yeah, that was that was everything else I had on the on the Celtics Nets game. But kind of expected with them uh, handling the Celtics. But we thought it was going to be a little bit earlier in the game where they would have done that.
0: Yeah, like that seems like tip off to final buzzer. Of, like they'll be handling them probably the rest of the series, so to see the Celtics at least like come out swinging is nice because I don't think anybody else this has the Celtics unless maybe you know you're trying to cash in a cash in a big ticket
1: or something. Exactly. And then last game on Saturday was the Trailblazers and the Nuggets. They won by fourteen. The Trailblazers. Um, pretty i mean trailblazers were basically like controlling the game all all game um it was really the third quarter once again where they blew them out i think they outscore them by like 13 or 15 points um but you can just see with with the nuggets i mean not having jamal murray and their, their starting point guard i believe was um it was austin rivers like it, it you definitely see the downgrade there um, Jokic can't do it all on his own You want Aaron Gordon to do more I think Porter Jr. is definitely Going to step up and he did I think he had like 25 points or 26 Points um, But you're going to see with these teams You're going to need at least like four Players to be in double Digits and the Nuggets like Once you go through Jokic you go through Gordon And Porter um, Their team is really like Lacking in that area like you Millsap is past his prime Rivers, I mean, Rivers is going to just be the ball handler that you need. But you look at the Trailblazers, you have Lillard, you have McCollum, you have Norman Powell, who will put up points. You have Nurkic at center. And then you also have Carmelo Anthony and cancer coming off the bench. So Trailblazers have a lot of offensive options that they can leverage at all different positions on the floor. So I wasn't as surprised to see Portland um, win that game. I was surprised that they won it by that much the first game, though, especially on the
0: road. And Rivers is good of a – like, he could handle the ball well, but it's such a – from an offensive standpoint, it's such a downgrade from Jamal Murray that that is a huge blow, I think, from from a scoring standpoint. I shouldn't say from an offensive standpoint, but from a scoring standpoint, like, Jamal Murray can, can put up those points that you need to close that gap. I mean,
1: we saw last year in the playoffs in the bubble, like he was dropping like 50 points. It was him against Donovan Mitchell. Like it was basically like shot for shot they were going.
0: You know, another staple in my my fantasy team, which is why I'm partial to him in particular. But yeah, he's a tremendous player. So not having him is definitely a blow for them.
1: Mm -hmm. But that that was the wrap-up I had on those games, unless Cohen, he had anything else he wanted to add. Nope, I do not think so. So we'll go into the Sunday games. I won't go in order of when they happen because we'll save the next game for last. Um, but with the other ones I have, we have the 76ers who beat the Wizards 125 to You have the Suns that beat the Lakers 99 to 90. And you have the Grizzlies that beat the Jazz. Um, they're 3 and 0, technically 3 and 0 right now, if you want to count it that way. They beat the Jazz 112 to 109. The 76ers game, I didn't get to watch because I was driving home, but I was getting the updates. Did you all see the controversial call with Westbrook at the end of the game? No, I missed it. So basically, there was about like 50 seconds left, and I think the Wizards were only down like a few points. And Westbrook was about to lose his balance going out of bounds, so he let the ball drop. He regained. His his composure, and then his foot looked like it stepped out of bounds on the line. But really, if you look at the replay, his front foot is still in bounds, but his back foot is what's hovering over the white line. It doesn't look like he ever touched the line. And technically, in basketball, like you need to step out of bounds. So it's not that like just because his foot's hovering over the line, he's out of bounds. Yeah, it's not a
0: it's not a plane.
1: It's you have to hit the right. Granted, they're still down four or five points, though, but that's kind of what, like, blew open the game afterwards because then they had a foul again. But imagine you have Westbrook who's going down the court and gets a quick two, though. Like, it could be a different result. The 76ers could still win. Um, but I thought that was a – it, it, it's an interesting turn of events, and, like, you just – you hate to see that happen or you hate to be, like, what if, like, that wasn't the call that, like, decided the game. Because it, it basically did, If well, we're, yeah. if we're looking <laughs> at it.
0: Cause that's a huge momentum shifter. Like he, if he hits that, if the, if he gets that call and the 76ers don't hit a bucket, like now it's, it's even closer or, or they take the lead or whatever, what have you, whatever it is. Like it, it's, I mean, just go straight into talking about baseball. Like get the fucking calls right and let the game play out the way the game's supposed to play out. A bad call ruining stuff is is terrible for whatever sport it is.
1: So I want you guys to guess who had this stat line in this game. Oh, no. It was six points, 15 rebounds, and 15 assists.
0: Hmm. Tobias Harris.
1: Nope. Completely opposite, actually, for him. <laughs> he had thirty-seven, six rebounds and two assists.
2: Not even gonna embarrass myself. Wh- which team? It's on
1: the Sixers. Hmm. hmm. All right, I'll say it then. It was. Um... Oh wait, you're gonna guess? Cohen? Was it?
0: Was it no? Ben? It wasn't Ben
1: Simmons. It was Ben Simmons. Let's go. He also went zero for six at the foul line. At a boy, Ben, <laughs> he stinks. <laughs> uh, but Tobias Harris had a solid game. Um, you you need production out of him if the Sixers are actually going to want to go far. You need production out of him because you know what you're going to get out of Embiid, who dropped another thirty points. You know, with Ben Simmons though, like he'll fill up the stat sheet. Very low on the points this game, but Tobias Harris basically evened it out. You, you had Ben McCurry, Simmons, you
0: know. Like, the the six points is an anomaly. Like, that could have easily been a fucking 30-point a triple-double, and we would all have been like, yeah, that makes sense that Ben fucking figured it out this game. Yeah. Like, you're not expecting much
1: points. Like, if anything with points from him, like, if he's dropping 12 or 14, but also getting the rebounds and the assists, like, that's fine, because he's basically trying to be the floor general. Curry had 15. The George Hill signing was nice. He ended up dropping 11 off the bench. Um but of course you had Bradley Beale drop 33 points. Westbrook, um, actually he was not anywhere near a triple double yet 16 points, 14 assists, five rebounds. Um, but, I mean, with the Wizards, the, their bench will get the production and I think that's where they're gonna make they're gonna put they're gonna put the Sixers in a situation where it can be a long series um, because their bench outscored them a decent amount, I think. I think almost by like 15, 18 points. So when you have your bench performing and you know with the Wizards, you'll have production coming out of Westbrook and Beal scoring points. And Alex Lynn has scored a handful too. But that, that was the wrap-up of that game. Then the Lakers-Suns game. I mean, I want to talk about it more for the, the theatrics. Um, less on the sun side, more oh. on the Laker side. It was a goddamn stage
0: show. It was tremendous. Yeah.
1: I was worried
0: for Chris Paul. Space Jam honestly. Two coming. Space Jam Two coming out in July.
1: <laughs> I was worried a bit with with Chris Paul. I thought the injury that he had in the second quarter was going to be a little bit more serious. So it looked way worse. Back.
0: It looked way worse than it ended up being.
1: So seeing him come back after that was perfectly fine. But boy, oh boy, the LeBron James theatrics over there so to kind of walk through everyone what happened he was shooting free throws actually yeah he was shooting free throws and then he missed and then the guard is coming out from the three-point line to box him out I believe it was Cameron Payne it it was the guard literally got under him and he like went above LeBron went above and just fell down like literally flopped so he's there crying like crying on the floor his shoulder this and that As this is happening, you have Cameron Payne, who's now getting into a scuffle with Alex Caruso. So they're, like, shoving each other. LeBron's still laying on the floor, and he's like, oh, no, all the cameras are not on me right now. (laughs) So they ended up separating Caruso and and Payne, and you just see LeBron walk right over to where they just were and collapses back on the ground. Literally moved over from the inside the uh, the restricted area all the way outside a three point line just to fall back on the floor again. By
0: the so, way, it- you we didn't even touch on the fucking like in the in the playing games the goddamn eye poke where he was seeing four people. Oh no, I can't, I can't see, man. I'm just, I'm using my instincts to shoot the ball, man. Go fuck yourself. Every time I want to be like, goddamn, LeBron's good. I want to like him. I want to be like, yeah, Space Jam 2. Yeah, let's go. woo! LeBron, second best after Jordan. Let's go. He just does some goofy shit. I don't like him anymore. It's every time. It's been like this for fucking 15 years now, where every time you're like, wow, this LeBron dude, you got to give him credit. He's great. And then he does some just terrible shit, and you hate him for it. He
1: was also pretty close to it. He was closer to a triple-double than... um than Westbrook was since he was only like a few rebounds away. So it's just crazy how he still fills up the stat line. But I think what was very impressive on the Sun side is you have a lot of young guys who are in their first playoff game. So Booker in his first one, he dropped a little over 30. DeAndre Aiden, he had 21. Like they both had like, even their first half stat lines was like impressive. I think Aiden had, um, he was like seven of eight, I think. I think he only had missed one shot. And, like, Booker w- was pretty high up there, too, with uh, with points. So it's good to see the Suns playing well, but it's also the other thing where are they going to have the Chris Paul curse where, like, they're always a solid team, but are they going to actually make a run? Or are the Lakers going to be the ones that stop them now?
0: Yeah, the, the, the worst thing that could have happened to them was running into a Lakers team with a, a crybaby LeBron this year. Because – it's also it feels like LeBron. It's every other year where LeBron is just insufferable, and this is the year where he's insufferable. Where it's going to be like, oh well, I got poked in the eye, or oh well, I, I got hurt, and then I, I came back and still almost scored a triple double because you know I'm LeBron, and I wasn't actually hurt. I fucking I hit the floor because I like watching soccer apparently. Um, so it, it kind of sucks that they they hit up hit LeBron this early in the in the playoffs because they do seem like a super young and super talented team that could definitely make a push but might get dragged down by that inexperience, even though they do have the Chris Paul there. It, it's just the, the perfect storm of, like, young guys that might shit the bed and Chris Paul, who always has the monkey on his back, and it, it seems like a perfect storm for the Suns to basically hand this series back to LeBron as it goes forward.
1: Yeah. The other veteran guy that I think will keep the Suns in it is Crowder. I mean, Crowder has been on a lot of quality teams, whether it had been on Jazz, he had been on the Heat. Like he, I think even on the Celtics, like he's been on playoff teams where I think between the two of them, they'll be able to like kind of go above and beyond and, and, and get that. I think Crowder has been to multiple finals. Actually, now thinking about it, I think he was on it with the Celtics and when he was on the Heat last year. So um, I, I think they have potential, but it's long. It's a long, and that's the thing that that's so different is it's not a one and done as we see it in other sports. A seven game series can easily swing like in a moment's notice. So especially when you have LeBron James on the other side, like no series is an automatic win. No game is an automatic win.
0: For sure. If they come out and get blown out in game two, like they're probably down three, one in the blink of an eye. Cause Absolutely. you know, the Lakers are going to f- take both at home. If they, especially if they take one on the road, they're probably going to cruise through the, those next two games.
1: Absolutely. But we can move on to the next game. So we had, um, Grizzlies and the jazz, um, Grizzlies are on a freaking tear. Dylan Brooks, um, after not having so great of a the two playing games, he dropped over 30 points. John Moran had 25, no, he had 26. Valanciunas double-double. Um, their bench really isn't what's going to keep them in the game, which is literally what the Jazz's uh, strength is because you have Jordan Clarkson, who ended up, they announced that he ended up winning six-man-of-the-year award and rightfully deserved. But you have Clarkson, you have Favors coming off the bench. And this is also without... Um, Mitchell. So Mitchell ended up not playing this game. So I think that's another thing to point out where the scoring had to come from other guys like Gobert, Bogdanovich and Conley. But I know Bogdanovich did miss the the three pointer to tie it at the end. I think it was, I think it was, was it, was it a tie it or was he going to win it and then they just had a foul that after. Yeah. He just couldn't sink it. It was at the buzzer. So it was to tie the game. But I think they're saying Mitchell will be back for this game, which will definitely change things. Because if you end up having Mitchell starting, you're going to probably have Joe Engels coming off the bench. So another guy who will put points up on the board. So we shall see still too early to tell. But I mean, these playing games are interesting because you have the Grizzlies who have been at least playing every other day. And the Jazz hadn't played for over a week. So it's interesting how like momentum there plays a, a role in the continuity and like yeah, they're getting reps in practice, but it's not the same reps that the Grizzlies had gotten in, mm-hmm. in two like win or go home games
0: for sure and like it, it's obviously it's not adrenaline, but it, it's similar to adrenaline where it's like, hey, you played two two game sevens pretty much like that. A one game playoff game is a game seven. You played two game sevens and now you're playing guys that were sitting at home or, or shooting around, you know, shooting free throws at practice. Like, you know, you could beat good teams and, and beating a team like the warriors too, to get in like one of those game sevens is against the goddamn warriors. Like, It's also real weird, like the Jazz being the one seed, because like as not a basketball guy, seeing the Jazz as the one seed's like, like, who gives a shit? Like I'm not a Jazz, like I wouldn't go out of my way to watch a Jazz game ever. So it's like seeing like an eight seed beat a one seed this is one of those times where you're like, yeah, I, I could see the eight seed beating the one seed just because it's the fucking jazz. If it was the Lakers or the Clippers or like a team that's always on ESPN, like the Warriors, it's like, Hey, it's, like the, it's like the Mavs Spurs that one
1: year where the Mavs were the eight seed and the Spurs were a one seed. Yeah. I think it was exactly,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's this, similar to that.
1: This Portland Denver game is getting a little testy right now. So there, the Portland's assistant coach already got a technical is like storming the court talking crap to Michael Porter Jr. because Nurkic were getting into it. And now Carmelo just got charged with a flagrant foul because he just pushed Jokic as like a ragdoll on a screen. Jokic Mm -hmm. had given like a little bit of an elbow and Carmelo just like two-handed pushed him onto the The, floor.
0: The New York disrespect. Literally. it's, it's It's Nick's disrespect. That's what I'm calling it.
1: Well, it's a perfect segue that you say that because that is the one game we have not spoken about yet. Um, as we are all Knicks fans and and seeing that game. It's the um, one thing
0: we could all agree on. I think all parties involved, except for Steven when he's actually on, I think we're all Knicks fans besides Steve. So, like, we all watched this game, and even he watched it. Shouts out, Steve. Hi, pal. Yeah. Um, Not our best game,
1: but even with not being our best game, not something that I'm overly worried about, so – Knicks ended up losing 107 to 105. Um, It was literally a back and forth game. I know the Knicks, usually the Knicks are, I mean, it was still low. It was a slow offensive game regardless. I mean, at the end, they ended up scoring, I think, almost like 80 points in the fourth quarter because of just like the back and forth, but the Knicks only had 16 points in the first. And usually you hear them only giving up 16 points. So for them to be on the other side of it was not something you're used to, but. They basically pulled back into the second and the third quarter. Um, But we just had the only offensive guy that I felt was really playing was Alec Burks, who ended up dropping almost 30. So it's so nice to see him back fully healthy. But Randall didn't have a good game. Um, He was six of 23. And like, you know, in any other game, like he's going to at least be like he's going to drop three or four more of (laughs) those. Like he'll go like 10 for 23.
0: If Randall has a game that we watched him have all year, the Knicks, this is a blowout win for the Knicks. Yeah. Like, if half of those shots fall, the Knicks win by 10. So, like, yeah. you, you can't get that nervous. It's also, what is this? The first playoff game for everybody on the team besides Derek Rose <laughs> like, um, and, every, and Alec Burke. And well, uh, so basically, our bench besides our rookies. Yeah. Alec
1: Burks, Derek Rose, and Taj Gibson all have playoff. And and I think Reggie, Nurling Noel
0: has played in the playoffs. Oh, of course. Noel's on the like a, uh, a heavy fucking playoff vet. Yeah. Um Noel I mean, might have more playoff games than half our team has games. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But
0: I'm yeah, I mean, i sorry. Don't talk don't I mean, listen to me about basketball.
1: with Julius Randle, like he was like opening arms. He was like, look, like this was not my best game. Like, this is not how it's going to be. So, like, I'm not worried because I know the mentality is there. Um, yes, when you're the first game back, you're at the 15,000 capacity. Um, you're hearing, like, how electric it is there. Like, the, the, the story you want to write is the Knicks winning that first game. Of and, of course, that isn't the story you get. You get Trey Young, who's even in his post game saying, like, I want to hear those FU chants. Like, that's, With- like, feeding into my motivation right there.
0: I would just like to say, Trey Young, Game One probably doesn't deserve the the fuck Trey Young trance. Game One, no. get get back to me like Game Five, and then we could fuck Trey Young all day. But like, yep. don't give the kid fuel to like play a better game when you don't have to. Mm-hmm. That said, shouts out to Madison Square Garden, the mecca of basketball, for respecting the true kings in town, the New York Yankees, and saying. The fuck Altuve chance at MSG are just tremendous. Thank you, thank you, Mecca.
1: Yeah, but but even looking at the stat line on on the Hawks, though, we kept Capella like down, and that was a concern I had because we're very low when we're looking at our front court right now. Um, We don't have much depth, so to have Clint Capella only drop nine points was helpful for us. Lou Williams had said an interesting thing at the end of the game. I think he was he had told Trey Young, like, don't like don't miss, like, don't pass the ball, like in the last like possession, or in that possession when he has a chance to take the lead. Like, take it into your own hands is basically what he told him. So it's an interesting vet move because if you had Rajon Rondo, he would have been like, I'll control this game and like pass the ball. Lou Williams is that like no give a fuck attitude. So I'm not surprised that he had made that comment. But I'm not I, – I, I didn't leave this game thinking worried because we did everything that we needed to do to keep us in the game to win. Yes, Trey Young is probably going to put up a lot of points, but if you slow down the Capellas, the John Collinses, the Bogdanoviches, um, and then coming off the bench, you need to like worry about Golinari and Lou Williams, you're giving yourself a chance to win against that game. Alec Burks, I think, is is someone that we're probably going to give more minutes to. Derrick Rose even had a solid game. He had, I think, um, like, it was a 15-5-5, I think it was. So, like, he had a solid game. But the question I had, because I, I didn't the way, watch shout out,
0: the game. shout out to D. Rose for uh, being one of the finalists for the six men of the year.
1: Yep. True that. I forgot to mention that. But what happened with Alfred Payton? Like, he only played, like, a few minutes. Because
2: he sucks. I've been complaining about him (laughs) since day one. Since day one. I said, listen, for the guy that doesn't watch really as much Knicks basketball as you and Boza, I said two things this year. Julius Randle should not get traded. Julius Randle could be a piece for the Knicks. Turned out to be better than I would have ever imagined. And Alfred Payton is absolute dog shit. The man just looked good because the Knicks had zero other point guards that could play. The second Derrick Rose came to town, Alfred Payton had no business being on the court. That's my brutally honest opinion. I don't want to see him near the basketball. I don't want him to ever shoot a
1: ball. He stinks. Yeah, I was looking. I was like, how the hell did he only play eight minutes? Like, what did he either do wrong or what did he injure? Now, the thing thing I will say is that I don't want Derrick Rose starting and i say that from a rotations like of how they're playing their system i think that still having derrick rose like coming even if he comes off the bench like 6 minutes into the game fine don't let him start like let like randall barrett play with bullock but let rose finish the game i think at the end of the day the guys you need on the court to end the game are randall barrett rose and then there's going to be a mix of who's hot during the game are you going to keep alec burks Are you going to do – is it Noel because Noel's playing better defensively or is it Taj Gibson um, is quickly going to be going in? Like is he going to have one of those games where he's just hitting everything? But I don't expect Alfred Payton to be there at the end of the game. Um, Reggie Bullock didn't look like he played that solid, so he really wasn't getting all the minutes that he's gotten um, because he wasn't hitting anything either from – I don't think he hit a three-pointer. So um, I'm not worried. But it's definitely things that, like, we're going back to the drawing board to make it better. But they're not playing till Wednesday, so when this is coming out. Like, they got – that's weird. I thought they were, they were doing it every other day. But the NBA is really just trying to space this out and get as much, like, money as they can out of these games. and not playing four every day right now, but they're playing, like, three now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't really like that. The schedule, I, I don't like the scheduling at all. But also, the, that's more of an NBA thing than anything. Like yeah, that, so they, they have two that, that are
1: happening on Monday, three Tuesday, and three Wednesday. That might be the mid-week.
0: one thing I think the NBA fucks up with is like their scheduling, I think, it might be one of the – it's one of the worst things about the NBA, which is the probably the one league we have the least complaints about.
1: True. But we'll definitely. I, I think there we hit the panic button if we don't get this second game. Oh, um, for sure we they can't a,
0: lose we, both at, at at the Garden.
1: Yeah, we only have to hit it a tiny bit if that's the case. But um, yeah, they, they need to get that second game at the Garden and then hopefully build momentum there. But uh, it's good to see uh, basketball, playoff basketball specifically, happening in, in MSG. Um, Especially with definitely fans. exciting. Yeah, with fans, you have Spike Lee, who's just always, like, entertaining on on the sidelines, too.
0: As the um, movie guy, great director, terrible fan to watch. I, I hate Spike Lee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's that
1: That, I think, is everything that I have with basketball. I don't think I missed anything that I wanted to chat about. Um, as this recording comes out, like I said, the Bucks destroyed the Heat, and then the Blazers are playing the Nuggets right now. So we'll give a full recap of those games, if anything, or a quick synopsis next week.
0: Definitely, yeah, and we'll, and obviously we had a weekend of games. Next week we'll have a full week of games, so we'll probably breeze through the games much quicker than we did this week. Um, with that, Tony Cohen. Let's talk a little baseball. All right, uh, baseball. Everybody on the
2: Mets is absolutely dead right now. Uh, they had another outfielder get injured today. Uh, John Isway Fargus. Um, He ran into the wall just like every other Met. Apparently, appears to
1: like to do lately, literally and figuratively.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we have another man down in the past week. Pete Alonso's also hit the DL with a wrist injury. Um, you've got. The Mets also have, like, no starting pitching left. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto, or however you pronounce his name, uh, came up from AAA to start yesterday's game. He is now also injured and headed to the IL. Um, they've got bad news on Carlos Carrasco. He looks like he's not going to come back till the end of June, early July. Uh, Syndergaard's on pace, but probably in that same ballpark. So the Mets are just at the point now where they, they literally – Steve Cohen tweeted today, does anybody want to suit up? And it, it's kind of getting to that point. Like, they need to find – some team to give them somebody at this point, even if it's not like a, a starting player, like just go get bench guys from some, like a high triple A team or like a, basically someone that might need to change a the scenery. They they just need to make a move somewhere. The problem is they obviously look desperate now. So I'm worried that teams are going to try to take advantage of that. Um But they,
1: they just yeah, Jay don't Bruce. Have- Get Jay Bruce out of retirement at that point. <laughs> you, man. you have him for first base and outfield. So, I mean, like, you could platoon him anywhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, even off of that, like, James McCann today played first base for the Mets. He looked great playing first base, but that's, like, the epitome of these palms. And the only guy coming back anytime soon is J.D. Davis. They just found out Conforto and McNeil are going to be out at least another month. Um, it, it's amazing to me that this team's even, like, remotely winning games because – When you have guys like Cameron Mabin batting like third, it's just an app. It's a disaster. Like Cameron Mabin's also now forced to play center field again, which he hasn't done in a few years because he's much older now. Um, And if God forbid Cameron Mabin gets hurt, like Dom Smith's probably
1: our center fielder. So, wait, question for you on this. And this is where I was a little confused. I understand, like, why, because the matchup you had a lefty, so you want to get as many righty bats as possible. But I would have thought they would have had Dom Smith at first, and you have Brandon Drury, and I know he's played outfield from the times I've seen him when he was never healthy on the Yankees, but even just down like the Diamondbacks. And even when I think he went to the Blue Jays, they tried putting him out in outfield. Yeah. I thought they would have at least done that. Like, but I mean, the way McCann played, I mean, there's no complaints. I mean, he played a solid first base tonight. I know it seemed kind of weird. And I almost think
2: it's because they, I think Dom's actually played a pretty good left field this year, like much better than he did last year. He
0: still clearly is not a left fielder by any means, but. um, It's very and esque. Where it's like it, it's leaps and bounds better than last year, but it's still not like it's still not serviceable in the long run.
2: Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming that um, they just don't want to fuck with that and put him at first and then put him back in the outfield when everybody comes back because JD Davis is supposed to come back. He's like the only one, and they had him taking reps at first base during that AAA game. Um, he can't possibly be worse there than he is at third base. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm getting a little bit concerned with the injuries um, just because they even showed, like, a stat Hey, There's, like, 17 guys on the DL and seven out of the Mets' nine opening day starters are on the IL. So um, it's really tough to win that way, especially when the bench that's been a strong point for the Mets this year is now also hurt. Um, So I'm a little worried. But somehow they're still, like, holding it together enough, which I'm not expecting them to stay in first any longer than – up this week. Um, but if they could, like, just hover enough and not basically lose every single game for another month, that that would probably be great. Because then if all these guys come back and they look healthy, um, they'll be fine. I also need Francisco Lindor to wake up from his fucking coma because, like, this is why we're paying you $340 million. Because Yeah, you need him. Dude, like, right now, like, I, I'm all... Like, I'm not... Pan- I was not panicking on Lindor. I'm still really not. But now my patience is just deteriorating because... He needs to step up because there's just nobody. Like, you can't play like the replacement-level guys we're bringing up. You need to start carrying the team. You need to at least do your part to get on base. You're the
1: two-hitter on the team.
0: Yeah, Tony, I was going to say, you mentioned it, uh, but I was I was watching the – they're playing the Rockies tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And they played – the it, I think it was the replay of the the game yesterday. I had it on uh, – I had SNY on for whatever reason. hmm And just listening, like while I was doing whatever else, uh, I heard like it's only two starters from the opening day roster are currently active on the 25 man, I think. Yeah. So with that, like Lindor being one of those two is such a, like, you'd almost, I I don't want to say you'd almost rather him be hurt, but like looking at his numbers, you'd almost rather it be like, oh yeah, it's because he was hurt, not because he's just not hitting a month right. and a half into the season, uh, which is I, – I don't think anybody saw coming with him. Like, we were all kind of just busting your balls for a little while, and now it's to the point where, like, even us Yankee fans are panicked because, like, as a Yankee fan, I don't hate the Mets the way, like, Mets – like, I don't hate the Mets the way you hate the Yankees, clearly, because I go yeah. to all those Mets games with you over all these years. Like, I, 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 I have – there's a small part of my heart that reaches out for the Mets as a New York team. Yeah. So, like, seeing a guy that I like as a player not do well on the Mets kind of hurts. Like, you, you will want Lindor to do good here and be a New York superstar. But- and the other, like, part of, that is worrying me a little is I finally,
2: like, saw a stat. Like, I think on the road, he's hitting, like, 286. And I don't know. He is not. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's bringing down his average a lot. And I don't know if that's because he's putting too much like, pressure on himself to carry the team when he's in front of the fans. Um, I don't know.
1: It's a little bit concerning, but... Yeah, the well, only Peterson good thing did, is the
2: Mets' bullpen's fantastic,
1: so... And Peterson we did well have... today, too. I mean, granted, he gave up three runs, but, like, it was a solid six innings. You yeah. had Stroman, who had another good outing this weekend, so... for And Lachese, I mean, they he's not, I don't think, elongated out. I think he only pitched four innings, but, like, you're getting quality still to start the game. Yeah. I think what's the, the concern is where you need Lindor to step up is the offense. Like you're not expect you're not expecting with your, your starting pitching now and your relief pitchers to win a one, nothing game. Like you right. need your offense to score a little bit more because you know, you're going to give up at least three runs. So it's, you need the offense and Lindor is not helping the cause at all. And
0: mm-hmm. it's now at the point where like, you're not getting the DeGrom – like, DeGrom's coming back this week, which will be a huge boost, at least where you're getting that back in the rotation. But, like, you can't have every game be like a DeGrom game where you're losing because you're not scoring, not because the pitching's not doing well. Like, your your pitching, all things considered, has been good enough to win you games, and you're squandering that by not having any offense, which – is kind of the opposite of the Yankees lately, but it, it's very similar to how our April one. I feel so like I, I get it.
1: I think I think I'm going to keep laughing though. if They're going to put like Cameron Maben in the third spot a lot. So,
0: but like it's Joe, I no, I, hold on, Tony. I'm sorry, Joe. You can't right. laugh at poor Tony having to bet Cameron Maben third when goddamn Brett Gardner bet second for the Yankees. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I'm saying is that, like, you
1: have this guy who, in, in Cohen's turn, you got him for a bag of peanuts, and you slot him in the third slot. When you have all these other guys that you can potentially put in, whether it's a Dom Smith, whether it's even like a McCann, like you have other guys that you could technically that, slot in third. You don't want that, that is
0: that is a very I don't know if that's front like for us it's it's front office stuff. I don't know if that's a a, a Rojas thing or a front office thing, but like, yeah, why why is Dom Smith not batting behind Lindor? Or why is yeah. Lindor not batting third at
1: that point too? Like if you want yeah. like even if you put Maven in front, like put Lindor I, third and maybe switch I, it up for him. Joe, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Johnny? I I
0: yeah, I mean the problem like it, but where does Cameron Maven go fourth? Like I just don't know what the <laughs> No, you bet Cameron Maven before fucking QWERTY keyboard down at eighth. <laughs> well that's true. I mean like today McCann batted third. Um I don't mind that, but like I don't either. I also don't like that above Dom Smith batting third and McCann batting fourth.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm a much bigger fan of batting like the best hitter on the team at the moment, third. Um, but I just think the lineup makes me want to vomit so much that I'm, I'm like not even criticizing it anymore, just because I'm just like, all right, which one of you wants to
0: like magically hit the ball today? <laughs> How much uh, fun is it going to be when JD Davis comes back and leads off? And oh just completely god. fucking ruins Tony's mood. <laughs> oh my god!
2: I mean, that makes no does. sense. So I hope, I hope he comes back. I, I would like to see Dom in third and him in the four hole now. That would be nice. Because then at least the top of your order looks somewhat respectable. Right now, the lineup just makes
1: me th- literally laugh. We're just gonna see a lot more of a Khalili now. Khalili! I mean, he's he's like
2: our uh, another right guy. fielder. Yeah, he'll probably get forced into center when Cameron Maven realizes he's a hundred. But you'd probably
1: rather that. And force Cameron Mabin in center. This is definitely very true.
2: Yeah, I'd Sad rather be, those. I, if you had told me that that was my option before the season on May 24th, though, I would have probably slapped you across the base. <laughs> I,
0: I, and just, by the way, saying that, like, clearly, uh, same same center field prowess, like, they both play the same defensive center field. I'd rather have the young guy that has a less chance of getting hurt. You yes. know?
2: Yep. I, I agree. Like,
0: If they're going to flag down the balls the same and if they're going to make the same mistakes and if they're going to do this and do that, like I'd rather have the young guy that's not going to pull a hamstring trying to track down a ball. That's fair. For sure. And also fucking hit 187 or whatever the fuck Cameron Maben's probably hitting. And also Khalil Lee will bet fucking eighth or seventh or eighth (laughs) and not bet second or third because just name like people know Cameron Mabin's name and I think that might be why he bats third I can see that too he did the he did good on the Yankees two years ago so now he bats third yeah no that's that's not the way to form a lineup that's just not uh are you good on your your Mets talk yes I hey, am man. Okay. hey man hey man are you doing around the horn Why'd you go with the Mets first before the Yankees? Because the Yankees had such a great week, man.
2: <laughs> oh god, <laughs> fuck off. Hey,
0: Joe. Joe, I'm sorry. You know what? I just I just called you out cuz I wanted to to, you know, start our Yankee conversation, but God damn it, Tony Voza. The one week that all the Yankees oh, the t- the whole week that the the Yankee fans should have ganged up on Tony and really beat him down because we had the best week ever, and Tony Vosa decides to take off because he's a fucking pussy baby bitch and drank a little too much this weekend and he, I don't feel too good today, guys. My head kind of hurts. Yeah, Vosa, how do you miss this week, guys? Yankees had are on a six game winning streak. Amazing.
1: Fucking amazing!
0: They just they just swept the White Sox. They well, we almost
1: didn't with Sunday's game, which I was gonna fucking lose it if they Joe, if they blew that game.
0: Joe, Araldus Chapman blew his first save of the season, but they won that game, and that's what matters. Aaron Judge's first walk off of his career was a walk. It's off a walk. walk. I love it, but we're on a six game winning streak. We just swept the White Sox, which means we're a force, even though we're ranked behind them in the MLB rankings because those are stupid and nobody cares about them. We're a goddamn force to be reckoned with. And I might have fell asleep during the goddamn first no hitter in since nineteen ninety eight. No, since David Cohen's perfect game. Guess Did who you? fell asleep in like the fifth inning and had to watch the replay hey. at two in the morning? Hey, he's wait, a fucking Frankie. asshole.
2: Frank, if it makes you feel better, guess who uh, decided to not play him in fantasy? Like, a <laughs> <spot>. <laughs> I texted because this was in my cousin's league. I texted my cousin like two innings in, and I said, "This is the second time for some reason this year I've forgotten to start Kluber. I'm convinced the Yankees just don't put the that he's starting, and I keep not seeing it. And then he decides to go ahead and you know make history. So,
0: goddamn, Corey Kluber." Threw a no hitter. Looked like the goddamn Cy Young Award winner, Corey Kluber. His his like off speed stuff is the filthiest it's been since that second Cy Young. Oh, yeah, like, he he has been unbelievable. Like the game before, he missed his spots a couple of times. That no hitter, he he was on point. Like to to the point where like I'm I'm convinced we're back in the World Series because like now we have. Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber. Uh, we we, so we went did, that far already. Jesus. No, I'm I'm fully. <laughs> in. This is why I'm, I'm mad. Vose is not here because like I, I was ready for us to both be drinking the Kool Aid like fully right now. Uh, Corey Kluber no hitter. Uh, triple play in the ninth inning before a walk off in the ninth inning. What was that? The next day or the day after?
1: It was the day after. So it was the when day mom- after.
0: So. Uh, the Yankees were the first team to ever throw a no hitter, get a triple play and have a walk off win within a, a week span. I think since 1987, the Cardinals did it or wow. either that or they're the first team to ever do it. And it might have been the just the first two, the no hitter and the triple play. I think the Cardinals did it back to back days in the 80s. But uh, the goddamn Yankees are on fire right now. Aaron Judge is still hitting the ball hard. Goddamn, Glaber Torres is looking like Glaber Torres that uh, of what, two, three years ago, two years ago now at this point. Glaber Torres is looking like Glaber Torres and playing halfway decent shortstop. Guys, the Yankees are back. The bullpen, the fucking bullpen, you don't even need the bullpen. The Yankees starters out. are 35 scoreless innings through their last, whatever, five starts. The last <laughs> turn through the rotation is 35 scoreless innings.
1: Yeah, I was yes, the Yankees say, are
0: back. We're going to the World Series. It's fucking over. Let's go, uh, Joe. I, say I, something. I've been talking for five minutes. If you, if I, I you take out the White Sox fight. game,
1: I was gonna say if you take out the White Sox game where we ended up winning five four, we gave up one run in four games. Like this is not the type of Yankees, and we're winning these games two nothing, two one, two nothing. Mm. Like that's not what it was. Like we're going small
0: ball on a lot of these games, and not even going with the the homers. The no-hitter and the game after, we won 2-0 both games. I think that's the first time since the 20s that the Yankees have done that, which is insane.
1: It's absolutely crazy. I mean, let, let's be honest. When we came into the season and we talked about our starters, we were like, you know what? We are going to see how far we can take them. But Kluber's been great. I don't like talking about her mom, but Herman has been Fine for the pitching. So, yes. kind of look at that.
0: Cole had. Has, I think Herman. He one of his. Herman's, I think, first four starts of the season, we were like, all right, get Herman out of here. I think since we really fucking talk shit about Herman and how he fucking stinks, like, since then, I think he has a two ERA, which, like, again, you know, fuck Herman as a person, but as a ball player, He's been doing what we need him to do. Yeah.
1: He's at three right now. I think the only pitcher that we really – he's been the shakiest is um, Tyone.
0: But even Tyone, I I feel like Tyone's starts for most of the season have always ended the last batter is the one that does the damage against him. And then his last start, he had five innings pitched, no earned runs. So, like – if you get him out of there before that last batter, which I know sounds ridiculous, but like if you're a baseball fan, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't get what I mean by that, what are you listening to this podcast for? We talk about this shit every week. <laughs> like the last batter always gets Tyone. And when, the, if the bet last batter doesn't get him, he pitches great for the most part. I'd say 90% of his innings pitched, he pitches great. And it's always that last batter and that last. That that last pitch he throws always hurts him, and this time it didn't. So, like, 35 straight innings pitch, no earned runs. And, and Cole yeah, definitely got Cole, Cole had, had that bad his, start early in the week and then he bounced what? back.
1: Get that bad start out of the way, though. It was just like nothing was, like, clicking for him in that Texas game. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we even said it, like, he was just not looking sharp. And we were – yeah, there was nothing, like, working for him. But, yeah, he had the bounce back um, against the White Sox this series. So, Everything is going well. So, big series with Toronto coming yes, up. So definitely, we we have Toronto, then we have Detroit. But then we it depends what Tampa we're gonna get for that following week because they just hit their eleventh in a row or twelfth in a row just now to, against um, or, Toronto. Yeah. So, so what, what well, that Yankees, was a crazy game too fourteen to eight and in eleven innings.
0: Yeah. What the Yankees need to do is they need to take advantage of like that that. Tough defeat that Toronto – well, they need to take advantage of Toronto coming off that rough loss to Tampa. Take two out of three from that, at least two out of three from that to to give a little bit of separation. You need to plow through Detroit the way you should plow through Detroit, the way we did earlier in the season, plow through Detroit. Take all three games instead of dropping one to them and take that momentum straight into Tampa or I believe that – Next the next Tampa series is at home, right?
1: Yeah, it's home. It's a four so, game too.
0: So a four game series against Tampa at home. You need to go in with as much momentum as possible. Go in with your heads held high. Knowing that the, the last time that you played in Tampa wasn't didn't go the way you wanted it to, and really shove it to them and say, Hey, look, we're fucking we're ready, you know, we're firing on all cylinders. Guys, are starting to hit. They're not just hitting the ball hard. They're hitting the ball hard for hits now. And they're hitting the ball. It's not – home runs aren't winning us games. We're actually doing what we're supposed to do all around offensively to win games. I don't know if you guys realize We have a
1: sudden matchup with Cole coming up next against who he's pitching. Cole's going to be going up against my boy Casey Mize. That's
0: that's a fun game to watch. I hope Casey Uh, Mize – I hope Casey My shits the bed, but that's a we fun have, game to have,
1: watch. We have Kluber against uh, Steven
0: Matz, though, on Tuesday. Tony, all eyes on that.
2: <laughs> Steven Matz is crap anyway, so <laughs> you guys will be fine.
0: I think, oh, he's I, mean, fallen, like, I think he's fallen off since the last time you talked shit about how he's doing good. So you his and Harvey, Steven, both off.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't do my uh, recap on the Mets, but so Steven Matz is now pitching to a 4.69 ERA, so have fun, Toronto.
1: You're in for a wild fucking ride. <laughs> but uh, Frankie, it, it's been the, – the, we were saying how the Yankees were just unbearable to watch. Like this has been fun baseball to watch with them right now, winning in different fashions just in this week alone, just the way that they they've they pulled out victories, ones where it's like, shit, they, they, they blew the lead, they, they should have closed this out, and they get the walk-off walk with Judge – Um, we have no hitter. So just a lot of like positive things overall that's happening. And I, and what's been good is even with Boone for the most part, I haven't been that mad with his alignments towards the last few innings of the game defensively to make sure we're, we're setting ourselves up. Um, you have Tyler (laughs) i I'm i I'm a Tyler Wade who's been (laughs) playing solid right now. So, um, coming in, whether it's, and, and that, that's actually one thing I wanted to bring up. When he came into that game for Kluber's no-hitter, some of the catches he had to make coming in cold, like, you have to give him credit for that. Because, like, he had one play going in right – I think he was in right field of that game. He had to make a fucking trek to make that catch.
0: The catch – so he made one catch where he had to run really far. I think that was in, like, the seventh or eighth. And then in the ninth inning – The ninth inning, somebody hit, like, a rocket out to him in right field where, like, if he steps the wrong way – that ball's dropping in for sure, and he, he he was right on it. And even, like, Kluber, who doesn't show emotion, fucking robotically was talking to Meredith after the game about how, like, oh, did it make you nervous with, like, a Tyler Wade in right field? And he was like, no, you know, he made a bunch of good catches behind me, and, like, he, he did what he was supposed to do, and I appreciate that. But, like, it, there was a couple – of. That went out there where they make you nervous with anybody out there, and he he made the right play.
1: So he like was so fucking monotone and in, in that oh like God. press conference, he's, he's
0: a fucking robot. How weird was, was it? How weird was it watching the game the next night where he was all smart? They kept cutting to him in the dugout, and he was smiling, and it was like, what the fuck are we watching? What's going on here?
1: Who I was worried for, and it was because of that, different parts of the game where they caught him on camera was Hagee. Higgy was yeah. sweating like a motherfucker behind that plate <laughs> because you know that he's trying to make sure he's putting in the right pitches for, for Kluber to throw because there was a lot of hard hit balls. Like Urshela had a few at third base that came in pretty quick that he handled easily. But um, I think that was also good for Higgy on a like – like not even just momentum, but like he now – On a confidence more, boost. Like, yeah, like I, I feel like he's, he's the really guy that shouldn't be there. second. Like he, he's gotten pushed down a little bit to second, if we're being honest. I think mm. there was a lot of talk of him being first, but you can see that he's getting less reps now. So, mm. having that game with a guy like Kluber, too, is definitely um, morale that he needs just for his own sure. boost of confidence, like you said.
0: For sure. Yeah. And that Higgy having that, calling that kind of game behind the plate, like, is a huge boost of his confidence, which is good. Um, also, Shout-out – I I know this is a weird one, but, like, shout-out to Gary Sanchez who, like, throughout all of this, like, hey, you're not really the starter, but you're kind of still the starter, and, like, you should be hitting – first of all, Gary Sanchez, as long as John Giancarlo's out, I think Gary Sanchez not catching should be the DH every game to, like, try to get his confidence back with his bat. But that, yeah. that's neither here nor there with what I'm trying to get to. Gary Sanchez has not missed a beat. As a goddamn good teammate this entire run, since he basically got benched for Higgy, he has been the best teammate. He's always the first guy congratulating guys. He's always the first guy that got a big Yeah, he was the face. first one out with Judge um, um, yeah. on Sunday. He's always the first guy out. He's always got the water bottles. He's always got a smile on his face. So, like. That's one of those things where, like, I'm going to be really bummed if, like, it comes down to it and we don't give him the ton of money if he goes somewhere. Because I think as a clubhouse guy, regardless of the bat, as a clubhouse guy, Gary Sanchez is a guy you want in that dugout, especially since he's one of those guys that's been there for a lot of the young guys' careers. He was, like, the first guy to come up. So that that's where I'm starting to get, like, hesitant on, oh, fuck, do we have to pay Gary to be happy in the dugout?
1: That's true. That, that's a worry to have. But, I, and also bats overall, like labor's definitely been more consistent. O'Shea has been solid. Judge is doing well. LeMayhew is hopefully going to get back up again. Hopefully, Voigt gets a little bit more momentum with his reps. But the last thing I, I wanted to say about the Yankee game is I just found it interesting that they brought in uh, Hendricks mm-hmm. in for that game after the last time Hendricks yes. and Judge hit off was in 2018 and judge hit the two run Homer off him at Yankee stadium. Yes. You have to believe that was running through his head because he threw five balls. Like the first ball that judge swung at, like he swung because like he was just trying to like hold his, he, he just didn't know what to do. Like he was trying to get out of the way, but getting out of the way was also swinging his back. But Hendricks Which- could not find a plate at all against him.
0: By the way, The swinging at a ball that you're trying to avoid thing might be the second worst, like, rule behind the drop third strike. Like, you're clearly not swinging. You're clearly trying to not get hit in the face or hit in the arm or hit in the side. Or even when you're getting hit and you're trying to move the bat and it hits the bat and it's a foul ball. Yeah, like, shit like that. I consider that like the same thing. Like, you're getting out of the way of the ball or whatever. That fucking sucks that like you could tell intent on this is not judges home run swing or his strikeout swing. It's him fucking not trying to get beaned. even though, like, you know, fucking the Mets made sure that it worked a couple of times. Lean into that, pal. <laughs> what are we doing here? Then again, it is judge. So he might be out for fucking six to eight months if he does get hit. So, yeah, you know. I was going to say, I would
2: watch what you asked for there.
0: It was fresh off Pilar, too, so like <laughs> he would have fucking I would have been scared too, but yeah, but no, a great Yags, week. just like voza come, what are we doing next week? we're gonna have to talk about this all again, and we're gonna mm. have to fucking make Tony cry or you know drive off a fucking cliff or something on the all you know all the cliffs on the way home from Ohio <laughs>
1: uh.
0: Try to think what else, what other baseball news. Mike Trout's on the IL for six to eight weeks. That fucking sucks. I don't know if we talked about that last week. I think it might have happened right after we. It
1: talked. may have happened. It was a strained calf. Yeah, it sucks. The poor guy just can't catch a break. Yeah. Um.
2: Another fun update. Uh, Jared Kalanick is batting one thirty two with the Seattle Mariners so far. So through thirty eight <laughs> games of his career, he is not yet an All Star. Wait, he's
0: been up for 38 38 at bats, 38 at bats. I was going to say, what the fuck? (laughs) My
2: apologies, 38 at bats. He did hit his uh, first home runs of his career, but um, I could live with this for now. Because could you imagine right now if he was, like, tearing it up and the Mets had fucking Cameron Maben in the outfield? (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn QWERTY keyboard playing right field, (laughs) that goofy-ass name. My level of anger would have been on a whole nother level. (laughs) Uh, and my boy, Matt Harvey, since his return to City Field, has been pitching quite terribly. Uh, his ERA is now over six.
1: All right, oh, wasn't, I Wasn't this week with Pujols with the uh, homer on the Dodgers?
0: Oh, yeah. Pujols like, first game batting... I think he batted cleanup in his first game as a Dodger. He drove in a run and then I think the second game he batted cleanup again and hit a two-run bomb because it's goddamn Albert Pujols and you know he's going to do good and it's real fun watching him start for the Dodgers because, like, he's starting. It's going to be a bummer when, like, everybody's healthy and he's not starting anymore and we're just like, Oh, I want to watch Al hit the ball hard.
2: I feel like the Dodgers, too, are just in, like, fuck you Angels mo- mode and, like, intentionally putting pool holes in and batting him in the yeah. middle of the lineup just to see what yeah. happens.
0: No, did he, he was- bat third in his first um, the first game with the Dodgers? Yeah, he's been batting. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was batting okay. third. But, like... It's Albert Pujols. I, 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 we're at the point now where like I'm anti Angels. They got goddamn Mike Trout got hurt. Otani rules and should have been a Yankee. Now that now that Otani's doing good, Otani should have been a Yankee. And goddamn Albert Pujols is on the Dodgers now. I'm, uh, I think I'm completely anti Angel until they fine, huh? like the the best thing they're going to do is when they trade Trout to a goddamn team that deserves Trout. Yankees cough 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 cough. I don't know if try. I saw that somewhere.
2: Someone was like, "Do you ever think he's going to demand a trade?" And I really just don't think he ever will.
0: I mean, if the, if the Pujols thing isn't the 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 fire starter to get that going, if that's not what's get what gets the ball rolling with him being like, yeah, fuck this place," mm-hmm. nothing will be. Yeah, I agree. He said he admitted to crying in the dugout when C-Check told him that uh, Pulos was getting released. Like, you don't release somebody's like, fo- like big brother figure or father figure in the your your absolute all star like all time great player. You don't take the guy that he looks up to in your clubhouse and just release him. Without at least giving him the heads up, like, "Hey, man, we got to do this." Yeah, I-, I think that's that's what's the craziest part is not even being like, "Hey, Trouty, listen, where Pulos wants to get out of here, we're gonna let him out of here." Like either that, either that, or I think Joe Madden might be done after this year. Like if they don't make the playoffs, Joe Madden's not the fucking manager of the Angels anymore because you can't have Trout hate Madden for what he did to Pulos and not make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I feel like Madden was like in hindsight just not the right manager at the time because they just I think they set him up to just fail entirely because they kind of brought him in to like get them over the hump, but like the front office then did nothing in return to like put him in a position to be able to
0: do that. The, like, they still like, don't have pitching. It's the only person off. on the planet I think that should like Joe Madden right now is like Joe uh, is Joe Ross. Is David Ross cuz like oh, thanks for the thanks for going to the Angels so now I could coach the Cubs to you know, be decent.
1: Yeah, for real. Speaking of managers, I think that's the other thing we forgot to mention about Tony LaRusso and all the shit that happened.
0: Oh
2: yeah, oh, that, that dude's an idiot. He is. He and he just like kept digging himself a bigger and bigger hole. I feel
0: like there's so no way. To, there's no way any of the guys in that clubhouse respect him. you want, you of you like want to just to explain what happened? I'm tired of talking. I'll let you do it,
1: Frankie. So He's so tired of talking. You have any? Uh, I didn't even know you were here half the time tonight.
0: Oh, should I go take that? that one out too? Should I cut that or no? <laughs> I think you should bleep it. That would be fun. <laughs> that's way funnier. Um, so uh, it was early this week. Uh, the White Sox were blow Who were they blowing out? That, that I don't remember. It wasn't uh, enough, that's for sure. They were blowing out the twins because it was, uh, yes. it was what's his face. It was Tortuga. Yes. Uh, White Sox are blowing out the Twins, and the Twins have first base catcher. What's his name? A I I always forget his name. I call him Tortuga. Yeah, the big chubby first base catcher guy. Yeah. I love him. He's great. Uh, he's, he's on the in, mound. He, he, he yes, because, has almost more relief appearances than other players I, right I, in the position. Like he's gonna get relief pitching fucking eligibility soon, <laughs> and like he's almost worth picking up because he usually has good innings, but uh. Uh, position player on the mound, three zero count to uh, Mercedes, who's been an absolute stud so far. The home run numbers have fallen off, but he's still been a a really great player for the White Sox, especially with their outfield depleted the way it is. Like he, he's one of those guys that's hitting in that lineup still, even though he's not hitting the home runs that he was early in the season. Three zero count, uh, Mercedes hits hits an absolute fucking nuke to like dead center field. Uh, and, and again, it was like, a, I think it was like a 15 to three game or something weird like that. And after the game, Tony La Russa gets asked, Oh, what do you think about Mercedes swinging on three Oh, and Tony La Russa says, Oh, well, we told him to not, we gave him the, the, the take sign. And he shouldn't have swung and this, that, and the other thing. And, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's not something I like, this guy hitting a fucking home run on a 3-0 count against a position player in a blowout. He shouldn't be swinging 3-0, especially when we give him the takes on To which, as the, the, the fans of fun that we are on this podcast <laughs> – uh, you should be swinging 3-0 against everybody that throws a goddamn meatball down the center, down the middle of the plate the way a, a studio did, uh, regardless of if they're a position player, if they're the goddamn closer, if they're a starter, if they're the fucking manager, if they're the goddamn bullpen coach, if they have to pitch for whatever reason, which, you know, doesn't happen, but it's the point I'm making. Three zero count. It's a meatball down the middle, and you're gonna fucking hit a nuke. You hit the goddamn nuke. Fuck Tony La Russa. Uh And then he, I think he said in that same post game interview, "Oh, you know, we're we're gonna take care of it in house. Like shit, like this shouldn't happen anymore. Stuff like this shouldn't happen. Uh, we're gonna take care of it internally." Fuck you, Tony Larusa. Next day or the day after, they ask him about it again. And he said they asked him about, I think, I think on the pregame for the next game, they asked him, Oh, do you think you're gonna get retaliated against? And he basically said, Oh, we're expecting like we expect it. Like they should retaliate. He he essentially said, Hey, throw at my fucking player. Yeah. And then when they threw at his player, he said, Oh yeah, that's what happens. Fuck you, Tony Larusa. Defend your goddamn player and let him fucking swing 3-0 when the guy throws a meatball down the plate. You you want to win ball games? What happens if they come back and win that ball game, and you don't win six? You win instead of winning fifteen to three or whatever. You lose sixteen to fucking fourteen or, or whatever the fuck happens. It's baseball. You don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. They might hit for the fucking hit bat around and score eight runs in an inning, and now you're a fucking asshole for losing that game. Go fuck yourself. You're an old piece of shit. I said earlier, way earlier. I kind of like the signing. Because it's super young guys that might be a little fucking might have been a little bit too showboaty and might have not had the fucking discipline they need. Guess what? The White Sox have proven they have the discipline they need to be a good team, regardless of Tony La Russa. Tony La Russa is now a detriment to that team, and there's no way he has that clubhouse. I think he's fired before the All-Star break, which is going to suck for the White Sox because I think that transition to an, an interim manager is gonna fuck them up worse than LaRusa being there and being a cancer. But there's no way he makes it to the all-star break because he just doesn't have that team. He he there's no way you could respect your manager talking about one of your guys like that.
1: That is yeah. definitely a hot take on that.
0: Yeah I don't but think he's gonna be fired. I, I don't think <laughs> I think I think All that star
1: happens, Frankie. I, I think that happens Frankie if there's another like instant. Not the same one, but something similar where you're I, seeing like new new era with like old era face. With, with, like like,
0: yeah. with something like that, that there's almost no doubt in my mind something like that's gonna happen again. And it's gonna be off the rails with if if he stays. And again, like this is as I. Uh, I think we're all White Sox supporters. Like, we all want to see them do well because they are a fun team. Yeah. And it sucks seeing their outfield hurt the way it is. Um, I, I think All-Star break. I think he, there's no way this gets any better. Like, there's no remedy for this. I think he's going to start doing shit like that where it's like – it's not even old-school mentality. It's like that fucking – I don't know, like, the word to use for it. I think – so. A- it's like a. It's not the right word, but if you get what I'm saying, it's like almost like a militant mentality, where it's like it's the strictest of the strict rules, and, and that's not going to fly in a clubhouse that young. Like Abreu's, like the the veteran there, and Abreu's only like 32 or 33, whatever it is. Like th- that's a young ass team that should be having fun, and you're completely shitting the bed with
1: that.
2: I think the the bigger problem I have with it outside of his stance on it is that he just called out all like his players. And I, yeah. like, that's the issue. Like, even if you had an issue with him swinging, nobody needs to know about that. Like talk, talk to the player. Call yeah. It
0: Jeff back. McNeil and Lindor argued about a goddamn raccoon.
2: Yeah, exactly. So like not everything needs to go to the media and the, for the manager to do it, I think looks bad, especially somebody like Tony, who's literally been around for fucking ever. How you don't know that yet. It's kind of, Concerned. Yeah, and it's I not think,
0: making it. It's not making any fans for him either. Because like they were as one of the people that was like, "Oh, this is kind of like a weird signing," and like I think it could be good for the team. A lot of people in Chicago were not happy about him being the manager this year.
1: So no, no I don't think anyone really was.
0: Anybody in I Chicago,
1: think, at least. I think the other side of it. I think Frankie, you were alluding to it. It's one thing to say you're gonna handle it in-house. It's another thing when you're saying like hit my guy, like I don't care. That's like, like, like yeah. don't keep extending it. Like just just call it for what it is. Like say you're gonna clean it up in the in the in the uh, clubhouse. Fine. Oh, like
0: so good example is Joe Girardi and Gene Segura were like ready to fist fight in the goddamn Phillies dugout the other day. And when they asked Girardi about it, he said, I'm not talking about this. Like it, it it's really none of your business. This is the last I'm talking about it. Don't ask about it. I think like three more reporters asked about it and he literally skipped their turn. He was like, they would say, Oh, well like with Segura is, did you at least talk about it with him yet? And he would go next, next reporter. Like, yeah. And and then the next day when they talked to Segura, Segura was like, Oh no, me and Joe love each other. We talked about it. We settled it. We're fine. And then I think the next day, Girardi said, yeah, no, me and Segura are good. Nobody asked me about it. You don't need to know. Like I, I, you gotta you saw, do. he was like, "You saw me skip people. Don't talk to me about it." Which shout out to Joe Girardi, who I think us Yankee fans still miss uh, yep. from time to time, and still still appreciate as a a hard nosed. He's a hard nosed old school guy that like did it the right way that time. Like, y- there's ways to fucking do it the right way, and there's ways to make your team fucking not like you. Tony La Russa did not do it the Girardi way. Agreed. Uh, And Manfred didn't fuck anything up this week, did he? What a shock. Yeah, I don't think he did, actually. I'm pretty surprised myself. The first time in, what, eight weeks of baseball? (laughs) Six (laughs) weeks of baseball? Eight weeks of baseball?
1: (laughs) I think we were probably waiting for Manfred to back up La Russa on it, and that's when the train would have started again.
0: (laughs) Manfred suspends Mercedes for hitting a fucking nuke. (laughs) Oh, no, that's what they fucked up with. They fucking suspended the kid that threw at him. They gave him the three studio? games. No, the, no, not the, oh. not the studio, That the, the kid on the, the twins that threw at him the next day. Oh, yeah. That basically they... was like, f- fucking got forced by Tony and Larissa to throw at him. <laughs> that kid got suspended three games. So baseball did fuck up. Fuck you, Rob Manfred, you piece of garbage. He's an idiot. Fucking assholes. Him and Baldelli both. I think Baldelli got a game, and the kid got three games. I don't remember his name because he's he's legit. Like I think a, a a call up that's probably gonna get sent back to AAA. That had to throw at him in like the sixth inning or something. So like you know he fucking was the scapegoat. So yeah, fuck you, Manfred, you piece of shit.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, uh, Tony, are we good on baseball? I think that that'll pretty much do it. Yep, I'm good. All right, cool. Let's, uh, with that, we'll finish it up. We're going to go into our one-minute drills. Buzz, 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 buzz. Uh, and let's, we're going to have a little fun with it. Boys, especially Joe, we were on bachelor parties this week. Joe's bachelor party. Joe's getting married in a couple of weeks. Three weeks from Saturday? Two weeks from Saturday? Two weeks from Saturday. Two weeks from Saturday. So Joe's getting married two weeks from Saturday. He had his bachelor party over the weekend. I couldn't attend because I was at another bachelor party for my buddy Chris of the feature presentation podcast.
1: Shout out to Chris then too. Can't forget all the bad Shout days. out to
0: Chris. He's getting married next year. He was supposed to be getting married, I think, the end of June, but they they moved their wedding back uh, to next year. So shout out to Chris. Shout out to Chris and Maria. Uh, shout out to Joe and Pai. Shout out to all our, our married couples and friends and all that, all that nonsense that I should be saying now. Uh, we're going to switch it up. Since we were all at bachelor parties this weekend... One-minute drills are going to be not about sports. They're going to be about your favorite beverages of the weekend, boys. <laughs> what, was, what was the best thing you drank this weekend? And I don't, you don't have to talk about it for a minute. Just, just give a quick rundown. Explain why it was probably the best thing you drank. And let's get the fuck out of here and do the damn deal. And go the fuck to bed, because I am still fucking exhausted. We're too old for this goddamn drinking all weekend shit. Preach. With that, I'm going to go first, just to, I think, give us an example of what we're doing. Uh, Your boy, for the first time ever, tried the new uh, variety pack of the White Claws. And the goddamn Blackberry so delicious. White clothes are so easy to drink that you could drink about 97 of them and not get that hammered and still be a reasonable person. But that's not even what I'm talking about, guys, because you know what was the best thing I drank all weekend? I th- believe it's 1800 Tequila makes a margarita mix, pre made. Shout out to the 1800 Blood Orange pre made margaritas because, boys, that bottle could kill you. It's a heavy bottle. You get hit in the head with it, you die. You drink the whole bottle. You don't realize you stand up and you could die. Shout out 1800 blood orange margarita mix. This is the dumbest one-minute trope we've ever done. <laughs> Who wants to go next?
1: Ciao. All right, I can go next. So I was going to talk about one of them. And then, Cohen, if you don't cover... The other one that I was thinking of, I'll, I'll add that in as a little um, sprinkle. But um, a lot of people would have said, myself included, um, that I was a little bit of a of a pain in the ass to my brother. So that is exactly the my favorite drink that I had this weekend, which was literally called a pain in the ass. So for any of you who has ever been to Ocean City, Maryland, I highly recommend getting there early, going outside, sitting at the tables out there on the water. Um, and ordering a pain in the ass, but order the pain in the ass with a floater. So it's half pina colada, half rum runner, and then they do a rum floater too. Um, If you're getting it at the bar, it has like the little test tube on top. If you're getting it in the water because you don't want to litter, want to save the environment, they pour it in there to mix it. Um, Definitely a beach type of drink. I had that vibe as we were on the water all weekend. Um, and like I said, it was, a it, it kind of went with a lot of how I was acting on one of the nights with my <laughs> brother where I was literally <laughs> being fuck, a fucking pain in his ass.
2: Atta boy, Joe, that's the one I thought you were going to talk about.
0: Hell yeah. Real quick, Tony, to cut you off, Jared Kalanick hit a goddamn bomb for a second home run. What a fuck. Oh, it's geez. like, her, it's <laughs> like, he- <laughs> I like. I think the notification came in right after you were talking about.
2: <laughs> uh, well, all right. I had a good run, thirty-eight
0: at <laughs> or whatever it was.
2: Tony, what was your
0: uh, what was your weekend
2: drink? It's uh, so not my weekend drink, but I'm gonna go with my secrets drink too. Is that right, Joe? Am I on the right path? Um, yes.
1: Joe,
2: all right. So it was like some passion fruit drink. Joe, do you know what was in it? It was like a passion fruit vodka. Yeah, but it had like sprite in it too. It was very, in- it was yeah. an interesting like concoction, and it sounds sweeter than it was. It was like very light and almost like reminded me of a Moscow Mule, just with different flavor. Um, so I was a big fan. That was
0: my uh, drink of choice after I had
2: some pain in the asses with Joe.
0: I I would like to say that as a fan of bubbles with my alcohol, to make sure I burp and don't get sick, sprite in the drink does definitely helps that. Yeah, it was a nice touch.
1: Hey, the uh, other thing, the other thing I thought Cohen was going to bring up with the drink was um, a shot that we had, which was called the White Gummy Bear Shot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so this one that. had half raspberry vodka, half peach schnapps, um, and then it's like a little bit of sweet and sour, and the uh, and like lemon lime soda.
0: Ooh, that sounds delicious. That, that one was fun. Uh, yeah, that one was good. Hey, well, we really shit the bed on this segment. <laughs> let's fucking let's take it home boys uh follow us on twitter and instagram at 914 sports check out my other podcast feature presentation joe i hope you had a great weekend bud i'm happy to happy to hang and talk right now you know and, and do the pod with you every week uh, you know, when you show up. Or sometimes every
1: other week, I thought you were going to say.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, when you know, when you show up and don't have to, like, fucking pick the shade of flower that you need in a couple of weeks. Sure. Uh, don't let Pi hear this. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, so for 914 Sports, bye. Later.
2: Later.